Indiana's really going to have a chance to prove itself on Saturday with one of their two biggest games of the season. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? It is Friday, December 9th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you, as always, for making us your first listen every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, lines, than ever before bet online where the game starts i've used that word prove a lot when talking about iu basketball this season because i think it's an apt word for this team they're a good team maybe a great team but they have to prove that they're a great team they have to win some of these big games they have to do it on a national stage and saturday offers the latest opportunity to do that they did that against north carolina We'll see how that win holds up. North Carolina has lost four straight games. Uh, IU the third in that streak. Now, they've all come against top 50 Ken Palm teams, but that was one level of proving it. These next two weeks are going to be another whole level of proving it. Arizona is going to be one of the very toughest tests Indiana has this season. Let's talk about that game, which, as I said, takes place Saturday 7 30 p.m. in Las Vegas. Shout out to a lot of you that are in Las Vegas. I've seen. I hope uh, some of you took time to listen to us today to get your daily fix for IU Sports. If you did, let us know in the YouTube comments. Let us know on review. Let us know on Twitter if you're in Vegas for this one. It will be on Fox for those of you that did not make the trip out west. Gus Johnson calling this game means it's going to be an exciting one. It's an interesting matchup for a number of reasons. This Arizona team is 7-1 on the season, mirroring IU in a lot of ways. They had uh, a non-conference schedule that they breezed through at 6-0. Biggest wins against Cincinnati, San Diego State, and Creighton. uh, All on neutral sites in a tournament. They may have been in the Maui. I'm not 100% certain on that. But they pretty much breeze through non-conference play and then head on the road for their conference opener and lose to Utah. They got thumped. They lost by 15. Stop me if you've heard this before. IU lost by 15 uh, in a game that looks just kind of at their schedule. It looks uncharacteristic to how they've played the rest of the season. They bounced back earlier this week on Sunday Uh, with a win at home against Cal, one of the bottom teams in the Pac-12, Pac-10, whatever they're calling themselves nowadays. Um, So that was at the Maui, the Maui Jim Maui Invitational that Arizona won. So this is a, at least how they've, uh, how their record sits, a very similar IU or Arizona team to IU. They're very different in their play style though. They're second in adjusted efficiency. They are first in tempo. This is going to be an absolute track meet. And to make matters worse, better, more interesting, uh, Arizona has a lot of athletes that are going to cause a lot of problems. We'll talk more specifics, but 
second offensive efficiency, first in tempo, third in possession length, first in effective field goal percentage. These guys do not hang on to the ball. They are go, go, go. Uh, they're going to uh, – this is going to be a, a fast-tempo game. I, you, I think can play that. It's not what they prefer to play, and at times certain guys might get a bit too sped up. Xavier Johnson, one of those that jumps to mind. The guard play is going to be very, very important in this game. Um, but Arizona ranks first in the country in two-point percentage, 79th in three-point percentage, 324th in steal percentage. So maybe some turnover issues uh, when it comes to playing that fast a little bit. They also don't really create turnovers. Uh, they are 342nd in defensive turnover percentage. They're 65th defensively. They're not a bad team. I, I think their general thought process is we can just score more than you. Uh, they can play defense. I mean, 65th is still good, uh, but they're more focused on getting out and going, running, uh, pushing the tempo. And they're really damn good at that. They've scored over 100 points three times this season. Uh, one of those against Cincinnati. Won 101-93 in Maui. Uh, the other two came against sub-200 Ken Palm teams. IU's only cleared 100 one time against Bethune-Cookman. There's only been one game that Arizona hasn't scored at least 81 points, and that was that Utah loss. Every other game they've scored 81 points. Now, granted, there's only been two games that IU hasn't done it, the North Carolina game and the Rutgers game. The North Carolina game, they had 77 points. We don't need to talk about what happened in that Rutgers game. So I think on paper there are ways these two teams match up really similarly. Statistically, if you look at uh, this, uh, I almost said Rutgers, this Arizona team, they are led, and I jotted these down to try to say them right, as uh, Azulis to Bayless is their leading scorer at 20.1 points per game, 8.3 rebounds, shooting 61.9% from the field. He is 6'11", 245 pounds. Right beside him, Umar Ballo, 19.1 points, 9.3 rebounds, 76.9%, 7 foot 260. Good Lord. This is going to be the biggest test for Trace and Race this season. There aren't many front courts. I wouldn't say that they're going to be the clear favorites against. This would be one of them. Trace, Race, Jordan Geronimo, Malik Renew. If foul trouble becomes a thing, Logan Duncan might see some time in there. This is going to be one hell of a test for these two. Now, like I said, on paper... I mean that's a that's a tough test the other way around too for those guys for for those two to Bayless and Ballo to defend race trace Malik Malik obviously needs to work on foul trouble which has been something that has plagued him and I mean it's a common thing among freshmen so it's not something out of the ordinary necessarily but uh, if you look per forty minutes Malik is averaging seven fouls per forty minutes so. Tone that down a little bit, but and he's going to have to in this game. If he gets in foul trouble, he is 
yeah, he, it's going to be a nightmare for Indiana. They're going to need him in this contest more than they may need him in any other contest this season. Now, what's going to determine this game if I I don't want to call it a wash in the front court. Arizona might have a little bit of, might have the advantage. I I like Indiana matching up against them, but what's going to determine this game are the guards on both sides of the court. For Arizona, that's going to be Kerr Creesa, uh, who is averaging 12.8 points per game, shooting 40.9% from three, 46.4% from the field. Uh, Courtney Ramey is uh, averaging 13.8 points per game. They, they are a team much like Indiana that sees some fluctuation in their guard play. And that determines a lot for them because like Indiana, they have big men that can really dominate things and carry you to wins. But if you come into a matchup like this, where they can be negated to a certain extent, guard play is what's going to uh, become a big factor. Uh, Pele, Pele Larson uh, uh, is averaging 9.6 points per game. Only shooting 27.3% from three. Ramey is shooting 50% from three on six attempts per game. And five games, 15 of 30 shooting from three. Indiana's going to have to be very focused defensively. This is a game Jalen Huchifino is going to have to play in this game. If he does not play, woo, I do not like IU's chances. It's going to be an uphill battle even if he does play. Without him, though... This is going to be very difficult. There's a number of other guys that contribute, but those six uh, with Cedric Henderson averaging nine points per game, shooting 40% from three on two and a half looks per game, those six are their biggest ones, their biggest contributors. Uh, They've played eight people, nine people, um, all eight games. So, but those, like I said, those six, at least statistically, are their biggest contributors. And like I said, this is going to be a game the guards are going to have to show up. In some senses, it's a good thing that Indiana is coming off a game where two of their guards had their best games of the season and Tamar Bates and Trey Galloway because those two are going to need to continue doing that on Saturday. Xavier Johnson is going to need to play completely unlike he played the last two games. And then you really need Jalen Hood Shafino to step up. A number of guys are going to have to to play big. Miller Cop as well. Um, this is going to be as tough of a challenge as Indiana is going to have. Just roster wise, this is a really tough Arizona team. It's going to be a fun game though. I I want to play these games. I want Indiana in these games on a national stage against tough opponents in non conference play. This is where you learn how good of a team you are. This is where you where you learn how you stack up, what you need to improve upon. And I'd, I want to do it now so that there, things are fixed come Big Ten play, come tourney time. So excited for this one. This should be a fun contest. I, I'm hopeful. We'll see. I, it's going to be an uphill battle right now. I would probably favor Arizona. Ken Palm favors Indiana, but... 80 to 79 with a 54% win probability. So barely favoring Indiana. We'll see how it plays out. I hope you guys enjoy it as much as I plan on uh, doing so. Bet Online does not have the odds up for this game yet, though. But for those of you that want to partake in that, 
and aren't in Las Vegas, betonline.net, your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Where uh, They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Let's talk about the women's basketball team who, who boy, uh, that was not a pretty game they had in Penn State on Thursday night. But they advance. They win. They stay unbeaten. It looked... It looked touch and go there for a bit. The first half was one of the first halves I've seen Indiana play uh, under Terry Morin. They average 11 turnovers per game, which is one of the best in the country. The first quarter alone, they had nine turnovers. The first half, they had 12. Penn State was pressing. They were getting Indiana sped up. They were uh, getting them disorganized. and. Despite Indiana playing better uh, in the first half in terms of shooting, they shot the ball better. In that first half, Indiana shot 45% from the field to uh, Penn State shooting 32%. Penn State was able to hold the lead at halftime because Indiana could not stop turning the ball over. The difference in the second half, five turnovers. Specifically, that third quarter, they did not turn the ball over. They come out in the third quarter, went at 22-11. to 11. They looked like the Indiana team you expected, composed, getting the ball inside. Uh, the first half, uh, Mackenzie Holmes only had four field goal attempts. The third quarter, she had five. So you can bet that was written on the chalkboard what a dry erase board whatever is in that locker room that was written on there uh three girls three women scored all of indiana's points in that third quarter holmes with eight parish with seven more mcneil with seven fourth quarter they closed the game out didn't really get all that hairy um penn state tried they uh they pressed until the very end they did their best but indiana holds on for the victory, Mackenzie Holmes comes away uh, with 18 points to tie for game high honors with Sydney Parrish. Holmes had 18 points and 10 rebounds on 8 of 12 shooting, was a plus 10 in 35 minutes in this one. It's hard to understate how good she's been, how good she continues to be for Indiana. Big 10 Player of the Year, she's in National Player of the Year conversations. Sydney Parrish continues her strong play, 18.7 rebounds, three assists in this one, played 34 minutes and was a plus 14. And then Chloe Moore McNeil and Sarah Scalia both play 39 minutes. Moore McNeil with 11.7 assists, three rebounds, uh, continued to play well, handling the ball. She only had one turnover. Uh, Sarah Scalia struggled to shoot the ball. She was trying. Uh, they were doubling McKenzie Holmes. Holmes was making some nice skip passes or kicking it out. Swing, swing. Scalia getting some open looks. Could not knock him down. 3 of 12 overall. 1 of 7 from 3. Still scored 7 points. 4 assists. 3 rebounds. Yarden Garzon was uh, in some foul trouble late. It was a, it was a, a tough game for her. <laughs> she filled up the stat sheet. 7 points. 8 rebounds. 5 assists. 5 fouls. 6 turnovers and a steal in 34 minutes. 
hey, it, up and down, a little bit of a wild ride. <laughs> it it worked out in the end. A couple, uh, some bench contribution in this one. Henna Sandvik played 12 minutes. I thought played really well, four points. She helped close out that game when Garzon uh, fouled out. Lily Meister, Lexis Bargasser saw some first half minutes as well, um, which is nice to see as they kind of continue to develop. Again, that is four freshmen in the rotation in this one between Garzon, Bargasser, Sandvik, Meister. Uh, to rely on them as much as Terry Morin is early in the season or has to with Grace Berger's injury is it will pay dividends down the road, even if it might not be what she wants to do right now. But ultimately this was the first game where I, you looked a little bit like they missed Grace Berger. That first half would have been when Grace would have taken the ball, took command of things, slowed things down and gotten Indiana back on track offensively. They never found that in the first half. They were, they were just frazzled and, and just kind of flying all over the court not really in any kind of rhythm. They couldn't get the ball down to Holmes. Uh, and when they did, they were entry passes that pulled her out of position. So it was just, uh, it, IU wasn't clicking in that first half. And then they went into the locker room. Whatever was said by Terry Morin, it stuck. And Indiana started clicking in the third quarter. So it wasn't the prettiest of wins, but Indiana eventually righted itself in started playing some good basketball that third and fourth quarter to come away with the win. Um, they, as I said, remain unbeaten and both overall and in conference play. I believe they have a pretty lengthy break now uh, because of, I assume because of finals as everybody kind of does now, they don't play again until December 18th against Moorhead state. So there'll be a lengthy break for them. Uh, we'll look into them on next week to talk Mackenzie Holmes and Grace Berger are flying up kind of all time boards for, for a number of statistics. So we're going to look into that and talk about where they rank among various things on that next week, but no action for them until next Sunday, much needed break <laughs> because that was a, a tough one. They had to gut out on the road on Thursday. Let's finish this up talking about, a college cup game. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk about it before today, but we're going to dive into the IU game against Pitt. First though, thanks guys for making locked on Hoosiers. Your first listen today for your second listen, check out locked on sports today for the games that matter the most of the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only locked on can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, wherever you guys listen to your podcast. We'll talk IU men's soccer here in just one moment. IU men's soccer, College Cup, name a more famous duo. Uh, the, IU loves a College Cup. They're 22nd in 50 years. I can't get over that stat. I've told it to all sorts of friends, whether they follow college soccer or not. That is an absurd stat. That is, I, I, that has been in my head for the last week. Just how unreal of a stat that is. Twenty-two college cups in fifty years, just unprecedented. That had in modern college athletics. This isn't the John Wooden UCLA days. Modern college athletics. Twenty-two college cups in fifty years. 
unbelievable. But <clears throat> their their latest venture to the College Cup is a rematch. Hoosiers taking on a Pittsburgh team they faced about 18 months ago. Uh, one that they beat one nothing in the College Cup back then. Uh, I guess technically... This is IU's second trip to the College Cup in two seasons because that 2020 season did finish up in 2021. That's when IU beat Pittsburgh in the one uh, nothing. Pittsburgh was number three rated at the time. It was Herbert Endley that got the goal on that night. So second time in 18 months, Indiana has faced Pittsburgh and been in the College Cup. We'll see if they're able to repeat uh, their performance from that one. This is a interesting Pittsburgh team came into the season and tournament kind of, I mean, not really considered the favorites necessarily 12, four and five on the season three, two and three in the conference. Um, they, they didn't blow anybody away. They go into the tournament as an unseeded team. They beat Cleveland state in the first round. Then they beat 16 seed Akron three to nothing, just kind of manhandled them. Their big game though, Lexington, Kentucky against number one, Kentucky, they fall behind one, nothing. They level the score uh, shortly thereafter. Then they get a red card with about 12 minutes to go on a, a challenge. I watched the highlights of that. It was an unfortunate red card where, um, the player slipped as he was trying to control the ball and it ended up being a pretty nasty challenge. Uh, it was a harsh red, but had a man sent off and how does Pitt respond with a goal in the 87th minute to win the game. It was a game that Kentucky dominated the possession and yet Pitt had more shots on goal. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if that might be a similar way this game plays out on Saturday. It's a pit team that really struggled with injuries at the beginning of the season, really struggled to find some consistency in their lineups, especially defensively, but they found it. Um, they haven't been quite as much of a, um, uh, a wall, I guess, defensively, uh, they've let in goals. Um, the big or the ACC tournament, one four one against NC State in double overtime. Here's some good news that I didn't learn until this weekend, because IU hasn't had to play an overtime game uh, in some time. There's no more golden goal. IU cannot lose on a golden goal this year. Thank you, whoever it is you believe in. Thank them because heavens, there is nothing worse than losing on a golden goal. Uh, so Pitt one four one against NC State in double overtime in the ACC tournament and then lost to number three, Virginia. And then they go on this run in the NCAA tournament last week. They beat Portland one, nothing on the road. They've been, or no, excuse me. That was at home. Uh, so this is a tested pit team, not as many players on this team that played it in the game 18 months ago. IU does have some players and some big contributors, uh, Ryan Wittenbrink, the biggest among them, Daniel Mooney in the back line, uh, Gumbale. Uh, there's some other guys. Indeli is still around. Uh, so there'll be a number of guys who played in that game, played big roles at times in that game. As we mentioned with Indeli, 
that will have played in these games, similar to the Marshall game where it was a lot of the same people that played in that game because those games were in the same college cup. So we'll see how much, I mean, it's not revenge this time, but the familiarity matters. There are a handful of similar opponents. We mentioned that Pitt beat Kentucky 2-1. That was a Kentucky team that came into Bill Armstrong Stadium and kind of smacked around IU. That was a turning point in them for their season. They also played Akron. Uh, Akron was a game that we mentioned they won 3-0 in the second round of the tournament, IU beat them 2-0 at home uh, early on, very early on in the season. And then the other light game was Marshall. Uh, that uh, I'm finding the score here. Pitt lost to 2-1, uh, and IU beat them 1-0 in a game that wasn't quite as close as even that score indicates. So this is a... I, I would give the slight edge to Indiana, which, I mean, that's why they're ranked and, and Pitt might not be. But like I said last week, when you're at this point in the season, everybody's good. Like, it, this isn't a a fluke that Pitt somehow found their way to four victories in the NCAA tournament to get to this point. This is a good Pitt team. Indiana's well aware of that. We'll see how things play out. I would give the slight edge to Indiana, but I mean, who would have predicted Pitt to beat Kentucky, especially a man down? If you guys get a chance, go watch the goal that won the game uh, for Pitt against Kentucky. A stunner of a a long-range effort against the run of play. That's all it takes. Uh, Anything can happen in knockout soccer. For those that are watching the World Cup, you can see how, how different things can change and a, a heartbeat or the blink of an eye uh, when it comes to soccer games like that. So optimistic, like I said, that game will be 8.30 on Friday tonight on ESPNU. If Indiana wins that, their game actually won't be till Monday. I thought it was Sunday. We won't have to do a special episode. That game will be on Monday, uh, Monday night. So fingers crossed, if, that's, uh, if Indiana wins... We're we're talking about that plenty on Monday. If Indiana loses, we'll talk about it, but maybe not the plenty part. That'll do it for today's episode, guys. Like I said, uh, thanks again for making us your first listen every day. We, we will be back on Monday. We'll talk IU Arizona. We'll talk this men's soccer game. Uh, depending on how those results go will depend on which one we talk about more. For your next listen... Check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's the biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps. You guys know the deal. It's available on Odyssey, uh, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Appreciate all the love, the support you guys continue to give us. Follow us on Twitter. If you have not already, we'll be live tweeting throughout the weekend at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast, all of that amazing stuff. Most importantly... Everybody have a great Friday. Hope your weekend is awesome. Let's go Hoosiers on a number of fronts. And as always, LEO.